You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, first day of Sukkot, which will be uh, tomorrow night. It will be tomorrow night will be Sukkot, and then the first day of Sukkot, of course, Shabbos morning. And then we're going to be without our Luvan Esrig. Now, of course, you're going to tell me, well, you, you don't blow the shofar on the first day of, of, of Shabbos, when first day of Shabbos, um, but I want to make show you that it isn't so simple um and, and let's actually start from the last thing i said and work backwards uh to the other things okay so we'll start with the last thing in terms of where is it so obvious that you don't take the Luvan esrog and shabbos well, we take a look at the mission of shoshona that i have up here on the board the mission says that berishona now this Mishnah is going to be Machadesh, the Takon of Rabbi Yochanan Menzakai. But before Yochanan Menzakai's Takon, after the destruction, before the destruction of Esamikdosh, the Lulav was taken all seven days in the Esamikdosh. And outside of the Esamikdosh, it would be taken one day always. Rabbi Yochanan Menzakai was Mesakin that outside of Esamikdosh was taken seven days. But if you look at the next Mishnah, and of course that was the Zeichar Mikdosh, but if you look at the next Mishnah, Yom Tevarishan Shalchag Shachal Yos B'Shabbos Kola Amal Lichan Esulavein L'Beis HaKneses. In other words, when it's a year like this, every Friday afternoon, which is, would be Erev Yom Tev, everybody would take their Lulav and the other Minim to the Beis HaKneses, and the next day, Mashkimim Uboyen Kolechabiachot. Mocharas would be Shabbos morning. So you see from this Mishnah that it wasn't it wasn't in the Beis Hamikdash because it says the Beis Hakneses that this was throughout the, who the, the 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 who the Mishnah was referring to um, throughout Eretz Yisrael and maybe even beyond. People actually. Uh, took a lulav and esrik on Shabbos. So when, if that's true, then when this Mishnah says that the lulav was taken in the Medina Yem Echad, it meant that the lulav, it meant the lulav was taken in the Medina Yem Echad, it meant that no matter what, that the first day, even if it was Shabbos, outside of uh, the Beis HaMikdash area, even though it's the Medina, it's the outside in the country, uh, people took Lulav on Shabbos. Now, what they didn't do was carry it to Shul on Shabbos. But they were Makayim the Mitzvah Lulav on Shabbos. And you can see that. Because they brought, they, in other words, they were worried about carrying in Rosh Hashanah that you can't carry uh, your Lulav and Esrog in Rosh Hashanah on Shabbos, but you can use the Lulav and Esrog on Shabbos. You just got to make sure, the Mishnah says, Makar Shalov and Otzah, that you know that you know your own Lulav. Because you have to have your own, and this is what the Mishnah says. Because you can't be out with someone else's love. And since this was the first day, and it was on Shabbos, and it was done everywhere, so you see from this Mishnah that that during a certain period, at least, everywhere people took their Dalad Minim on Shabbos. They didn't necessarily walk with them in Shul, but they used them. So the Luv and Esrog were used on Shabbos. Bismana Mishnah. Um. In fact, Rabbi Yossi, who lived after the time of, of, 
of the Chorban, but still was discussing, was he chayev? Would he have to bring a Korban Chattas if he actually forgot and didn't go Arab Shabbos with the Zulu of the show and he actually just ran outside and and, and walked with the Nishas with it. And he talks about, he says that it wouldn't be considered even a chayev Rabbi Yossi says, because you were you were a misasik, you thought you were you thought you were doing a mitzvah, and it could be if a person thinks he's doing a mitzvah, it could be he's not chayav achatas. But the, but again, you see that this was something that was going on. People were actually using lulavim and esroigim on Shabbos. In fact, if you take a look in the next parak, if sukkah, it speaks it out also clearly that lulav is shisha b'shiva. What does that mean? The next Mishnah says, seven days you'll take a lulav. When will that happen? When the first day of Sukkot happens on Shabbos. Then then the lulav is taken for seven days. Not just in the Beis HaMikdash area, but everywhere. Now, this is a big Kiddush coming up. Which means that during if, if let's say Shabbos is Chalamoyed, if Shabbos is Chalamoyed, so that's different. Shabbos is Chalamoyed, so then you, there it seems that according to the Mishnah, even in the Beis Amikdash area, they did not take a Ulav on Shabbos. Okay? So that is, is as far as uh, in the Mishnah, I just want to do one more thing in the Mishnah, and you can see Mishnah says, Mitzvah Salul of Ketzah. And again, this was the idea of that it could be seven days. And the Mishnah says clearly, Yom Tavrishan Shachag, Shachalios Peshabbos, Malichna Sulevein, Laharabayas. This was in the Beis Amikdosh. So, Beis Amikdosh, things were a little bit different than in your regular little shul. We saw in the previous Mishnah what happened in a regular shul. Everybody was sort of normal with each other and kind and understood and put their move in a place where they knew where it was. On a uh, in the base Hamikdash, what would happen is is that is that the there were special chazonim there, um, and they would say, "All right, we're going to put it in a special place," and we let the zakenim put it in a special office. But we knew that there's going to be a mix-up, and therefore we tell everybody that if you happen to get someone else's love or someone else gets yours, you should have in das to allow that other person to own it. And in fact, uh, uh, the Mishnah says it was, it was a whole um, uh, hullabaloo. Um, people would come in the morning and uh, the, the, uh, the, the gaboyim, the chazonim, would just throw the lulavim and people would grab them and, um, and people got were so nervous because they didn't necessarily understand the halachas that any lulav they took they could use because they told everybody to make a tanai in the first place. So because of that they made a takona that would stop already. Um, you know what? <laughs> we, we can't bring the lulavim anymore uh, to the base of Mikdash area because it, it became uh, you know, it got out of control. Okay, so what do we see? We see that in the time of the Mishnah people were still taking lulav and, and esrog and Shabbos even Definitely in the Beis Hamikdash area, and, and until they stopped that because of uh, an external reason, but also everywhere. 
So how did it? So what happened as far as the change that we don't take Lulav and Esrog anymore uh, on Shabbos? So um, the Rambam in this parish Mishnah actually talks, tries to explain the reason why. Um, he says that Uboa Kabola Halishoyin. He says, Why is it that we now know that we don't take the lulav anymore, like the Mishnah says? We don't take a lulav anymore on Shabbos with the other minim. He says, Not clear what the Rambam means. I wrote it in Arabic, but we don't want to invent anything new. Now, we saw in the Mishnah, they actually did take a lulav on Shabbos, even outside of the Beis HaMikdash area. So the Rambam says, There were people in Chutzlaretz who did not subscribe to the Allah and the Mishnah that says, even a Chutzlaretz you take, even outside of the Beis HaMikdash area, you take the lulav on Shabbos. Why? Those people couldn't conform to that halacha. Because during that period, there was a time that there were people in Chutzlaretz who stopped themselves because they weren't sure that it was actually Sukkot. They weren't sure when that they were actually two weeks from when Rosh Hashanah was because they were still being koveya based on the Bezdin. Now, based on what the Rambam is saying here, the Rambam is saying that we are now worried about people who live so far away that they, even though two weeks have passed, they're not sure exactly when Rosh Hashanah was. And because of that, we don't want to be machadish something. Um, so this is... a. Uh, the Rambam is, is, doesn't seem to jive. You know, the words are, are difficult because, yes, the Rambam is correct. There were probably people who didn't ever know exactly when Sukkot was, and they were because they, the, 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 the witnesses or the agents who would tell them what Bezdin was doing never got to them in time. So those people were not exactly sure when Sukkot was, and therefore now they know what Shabbos is, though, and they know what Shabbos, and therefore they're worried. Again, this is, you know, are we going to take a lulav today? I mean, we should get ready. I mean, they they didn't take a lulav for that reason. And somehow the Rambam feels what they did is very significant and changes it for everybody. So this Rambam is explained by um, the uh, the Toysus Yontav, Rav Yontav Lutman Heller. Now, I'm, I didn't do enough research on this to know but, you know, the Rambam says, he says, he explains this Rambam. He says the following. And again, it's not exactly the same Nusach that I just read from the Rambam. He might, he might have been going with a different, uh, his own Hezber, or a different translation than the one that I have. But here is what the Tosis uh, Yontem explains the Rambam. Meaning like this. Before the Chorban, um, 
we weren't so worried about the Rechokim. After the Chorban, we are. What were these Rechokim? They didn't know when Rishchodesh was because the Shulchebez didn't reach them. And because of that, the Bnei Eretz Yisrael were concerned about them. They didn't want there to be that they knew there were Jews living far away who were not going to be taking a little Esrit. And even though Jews who knew when Rosh Hashanah was and knew exactly that it was the first day and they could make the do exactly what the Mishnah says, get their Lulav and Esrit ready, not carry it in Rosh Hashanah, they didn't want to be different than everybody else. They didn't want there to be that there's Jews living 100, 200, 300 miles away, whatever it was, 400 miles away, they couldn't be reached. And we knew they were living out there in Afghanistan and Syria and whatever places they were living down in Cyprus or down in the Mediterranean. And we knew there were people in Yemen and other places where the Jews had started to live. And we knew that they weren't taking Lulav and Esrit. So because of that, the Rambam says, there became this acceptance that other that they stopped taking, even people who knew when Rosh Hashanah was and knew when Sukkot was, stopped taking Lulav and Esrit. Um, why? So he says that Tzachot uh, says to he references what he wrote earlier, and I, I have this here up here on the board. Um, when the Beis Hamikdash was around, when we had a Beis Hamikdash, of course, everybody who, who knew when Rosh Hashanah was and knew when Sukkot was, where they lived, people took the Lulav and Esrig, as you saw in the Mishnah. And it was important. And even though we knew there were people not taking Lulav and Esrig, we didn't care about that. When the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, now this is a very important thing, which I which which you have to understand. The Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Beis was destroyed, but they were still having accepting witnesses. The Sanhedrin was somehow around. They 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 had other places where they convened. There's no Beis Hamikdash, but they could still be makabalaydim, and we know that occurred. You know, with after the Chorban for, for for hundreds of years, they and, and even though so they need they were waiting for witnesses. So, since somehow that weakens the strength of Yerushalayim and what was happening in Eretz Yisrael. Yes, we are hobbling along, still being makabalaydim, still hoping to know and and, and sending out agents, sending out people to tell them when Rishchidosh was. But now we realize we're never going to reach everybody after the Chorban. So even though they were Makadosh Al-Piriya, the Chachamim are now more worried about everybody being the same. They don't want the Torah to be like Shtei Toros, now that we're in Golis. And now that we know there's so many Golis communities that have arisen. So according to the Rambam, once the Horbin occurred, there was an, there was this idea to be all, we're now going to be the same as the people who live in the far flung areas, which might be where Judaism is going to end up. And because of that, they stopped even in the place where they knew exactly. They stopped even if you want to say there was kedushin Yerushalayim still, and any place where they knew it was the first day. And the Mishnah says you can take on Shabbos and they did take on Shabbos, they stopped it. 
this is the Rambam's Chiddush, that, that they were mash for me, they're saying there was this special Hanhaga that they took up upon themselves not to take the Lul of an Esrik on the first day when, when it's now. Obviously, even in the time of the Mishnah, when it was Chavamoyed, they didn't take a little of an estrogen because they felt, you know, well, well, we got to be, uh, we got to be worried about, again, it's, uh, even though it's true, there's a mitzvah to take a little of an estrogen every single day in the Beis Hamitosh area, but there, Chazal already were worried because they knew that, that nobody was taking it outside the Beis Hamitosh, so they made this original Takana in the time of the Mishnah already, not during Chalamoyed, don't take the lulav of an esrig in Yerushalayim on Shabbos. Um, because, so that, so if we look at this historically, there was, that was true, that during the time of the Beis HaMikdash, for sure, everybody took lulav of an esrig on Shabbos wherever they heard about it. The ones that were far away did not because they were worried about maybe it's not really they don't know if it's really the first day of Sukkot. Everyone, even the people who knew exactly when Sukkot was, and even though it was a special mitzvah during the seven days to, to, to be with Nei Hashem, were makabal not to take a lulav on, um, on Shabbos, even in the Yerushalayim area, if it was Chalamayud. And then when the Horban occurred, there was a very important change. And people stopped taking Luv and Nisroigim everywhere. And that was because, as the Tesis Yontif understands the Rambam, that they didn't want the Torah to be Kishtei Torahs. Um, which now explains, the Tesis Yontif goes on, again, trying to explain the Rambam, that even though now we know we don't need Asians, everybody knows when, based on the calendar date, when the first day of Sukkot is, Still, that's what the Ram says. We don't want to change things. We're going to, things are going to be exactly the way they were after the Chorban when they had this hobbling Sanhedrin and they were still being Makabal Alpi Edus. But because they were worried about everybody being the same in that period, they, no one took the Lul of an Esther, even if it was the first day with Shabbos. And that's what he says. Even the Bnei Eretz Yisrael who knew exactly when the Sukkot was, they did not, nobody took a Luvanestrig. Because the Rechoikim did not take a Luvanestrig. They were worried about people caring for no reason whatsoever because it might not even be Sukkot there. So therefore, he nichu kamosha hayah. And that's how we are. That's how we are with this situation the way it is now. So it isn't so simple. It's not straight out of the Gemara. It's really in the Rishonim. It's really in the Rambam and the others that we understand why we don't take a lulav and esrig on Shabbos. Now the Tosis asks a question here, which I don't want to get into in, in, in detail. But this halacha that we that we're so worried about everywhere, as if it might not be. Um, it might not be uh, the first day of Sukkot, and even though it's Shabbos, but it might not be the first day of Sukkot, or at least that's what people were afraid of, and we don't want to change things. So why is it that the second day of Sukkot, which will be Sunday, why is it that 
we, you know, the, there are kulas on the second day, for example, in terms of how beautiful your estrog has to be, in terms of hodor uh, or choser. This year, you're allowed various kulas on the second day of Sukkot. Hmm. Why, why should we allow those kulas? The same way nobody takes a little of an estrog anymore based on the fact that people who lived in Afghanistan didn't take a little of an estrog on the first day of Shabbos. We should also be machmer on the second day of Sukkot everywhere as if it's the first day and have all the humrus of Hidur, of Hodor, that there can't be, you know, whatever would possible the Lul of an Esrig on the first day, but it wouldn't possible the second day. We should be Machmer on the second day today because you're saying, well, we're going to treat it the way things were for the Jews of Afghanistan, the Jews who lived far away. So this is a contra- this is what, uh, uh, an issue that we're trying to get into. I don't want to get into it because it's, it's somewhat complicated, what, how you can make the difference. But now you know why we don't take a Luvan Esrig. It's basically not from the Mishnah. True, the, the Gemara and the Mishnah did speak about why we don't take a Luvan Esrig on Shabbos Chalamoyed. That is spoken about. Why we don't take a Luvan Esrig on Shabbos Chalamoyed when Rabbi Yochan ben Zaka made a Takana to take a Luvan of seven days. And in the Beis HaMikdash, there was a mitzvah every day, Midaraisa. And why did they not even take it there? That is in the Gemara. And that is about this idea of of, of carrying of the Louvre and Esther to a bucky in uh, and being over Dawadamas Bishus Harabin. But the Mishnah and the Gemara do not talk about the first day uh, when the first day is Shabbos like this year. That you need these Rishonim and uh, in this sense the Tosazyont of the Achron to explain what the reason is. Okay. So what if we so now we understand that where the source is, but there's an idea here. And the idea seems to be once the Beis is gone, everything gets weakened. And all of a sudden, the center of our Hanhogos isn't the B'nai Eretz Yisrael or the people close to Eretz Yisrael. We're now worried. We know, look, we know that there's places where people didn't know. And there was times that people didn't have the, the connection to the heart of our country. And now we're just going to keep it that way. And there's something here about the lack of essential Kedusha that we don't have, which seems to explain why we don't have this mitzvah, right? Because we are sort of, there, were, there are definitely ways it could have happened. And yet we don't have our Dalad Minim on Shabbos this year, primarily because, as we saw, once the Beis HaMikdash was gone, the emphasis became different. And that would seem to indicate that there's a, there's a, there's a weakness, really. Uh, and, 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 and what I would want to probably try to figure out, and I'm going to um, base it on an idea in Hasidus that, that the Svazemis develops. Um, the Svazemis develops this idea that during the seven days of Sukkot, what occurs is almost a, um, a, a intensification of the seven weeks of Sfira Sa'imer. And the seven weeks of Sfira Sa'imer, of course, we, we, we talk about that, how it galvanizes, I used that word before, but I and energizes and and, 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 and and develops the soul to be ready for Torah, to ready for the will of God. That occurs 
during this period as well, during the seven days of, 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 of Sukkot leading into Shemini Atzeres, there's also almost a ultra-spiritual Okay. I was listening. Yeah. So the, the way um, what occurs is that the the schach, the Swasama says, which is like the symbol of God's presence, the Shechina, makes itself real inside the human being through the agency of the Dalad Minim. The Dalad Minim, and we're going to talk about this more, about why, where the Dalad Minim should be used, and we're going to see this in Shulchan Aruch, should be used in the Sukkah. And this is going to explain the Kabbalistic Kpeda of having the Dalad Minim specifically in the Sukkah. And there's going to be some issues which we're going to find out in Shulchan Aruch in a, in a couple of minutes about, hmm, am, am I taking my Dalaminim in the Sukkah or am I lifting them up and using them only in Shul, where I'm about to say Halel. But as we're going to see, the the the, the, the Mekubolim um, that uh, the Chido quotes and this was Chaim Vital's son, or Shmuel Vital, uh, based on the ideas of the Arizal and others, Dalaminim in the Sukkah. It isn't just two mitzvahs that are very nice, and each one has a great symbol. But actually, the the idea of 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 being with God, of the Anani Yakovli, the idea of actually being surrounded and being infused by the kedusha of the clouds of glory, which is almost like the it's like you're in Oyel Matzilas, you're almost in with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, What allows that to enter into you and to change you? And it's not just this mystical experience that 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 you know you're vaguely aware of, but the fact that it could actually be so real that it isn't just I see from afar Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, I see the Yishbizim, but I actually they are here and they're within me, and it's happening within me, and I'm feeling it, and it's going to last. That happens by taking the Dalud Minat. That's what Svasemis explains. Now, if that's true, we're missing that. We're missing that. We're not just missing a mitzvah. We're missing really, you know, that that first day of Sukkot is not the same thing if, the, if tomorrow morning and Sunday, Shabbos morning won't be able to uh, take the, the Lul of an Esther. We seem to be missing the connection. Um, in fact, as Fasemis goes further and he says that if you take the Dalad Minim, uh, the exact na- number of the Dalad Minim uh, is four, but one lulav, one esrik, two arovas, three adasim, makes seven. Seven are the seven midos. And those are like the channels that allow chesed to actually work on each one of, you know, chesed sheba chesed, chesed and it works through all of them. When I take the when I take my, my lulav and esrik in the sukkah, I actually accomplish what you accomplish with one week 
in during the during the sphere period you accomplish in one day but even in a greater way because it isn't just a, a replay of 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 Shuas, of Pesach into Shuas. It's actually a higher replay. It's even greater because, you know, we go out of the din of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We go out of Mitzrayim, that's sort of like the, and we're we're actually going to become incredibly connected to the Torah on Shemini Atzeres slash Simchas Torah, more even than we would on Shuas. It actually is, it's actually, it would radiate more. It's actually stronger. And um, that's the, that is the, the, the mystical uh, background of what happens during Sukkot and Shemini Atzeris and what happens by keeping the Dalad Minim. And therefore, I think that, you know, the, the question is what occurs on Shabbos that first day is, is important. Now, um, what the Sfasemis answers is that Shabbos is able to do that. That Shabbos is able to create that that or. Now, Shabbos can somehow, in its aspects, in its Friday night, Shabbos morning, and Shabbos afternoon that's happening on Yontif, bonding together, it could actually bring those oris within us, specifically what we need for sukkahs. It could do what the the same way the Sosema says, the same way you don't need your tefillin on Shabbos, because Shabbos can, can accomplish that and be even more than that. Shabbos can do what Luv and Esrig were meant to do as well. And what's incredible is, if the Sosema is correct, but that's something that we recognize only after the Chorban. We didn't recognize, in other words, before the Chorban, even though they knew there were Shabbos, but you still somehow needed the Lul of an Esrik. And they still took it. Somehow, after the Chorban, Shabbos becomes stronger. The Hakar of Shabbos and what Shabbos can do becomes stronger. And we start zeroing in, as you just saw from the Tosis Yontif and the Rambam on, these people that are far from the Mokam Avad, far from the Shulchan, some of the, that, some of the, the, the perspective changes to that point. This really opens up the whole idea of taking the Lul of an Esrig in the Sukkah. And on that, I really want to uh, uh, point out that we take a look in the, in the Halacha a little bit, back in the Halacha world. The Torah writes, Mitzvah's Lulav is Biyayim, Vekolayim Kosher. Right? This reason Magdimim take it in the morning from Aleisar Shachar, uh, right away in the morning. Okay. But he says, Ikar Mitzvah Sebishasa Halil. So the Torah says that, hmm, you take your Lulav as early as possible, if you're a Zoriz. But the main mitzvah is Bishasa Ha'ilo. So this is sort of a contradiction that many people point out. If you're supposed to be a Zoriz, then you're going to take it like as soon as you wake up in the morning and it'll be early. And then he says, Iker mitzvah say Bishasa Ha'ilo. Now, does that mean you should start? But that's going to be later because Ha'ilo is going to be a little bit later as you come at the show and Davin normally. 
So um, this is dealt with a little bit here uh, by the Achronim. And you can see the the Birkei Yosef, Reb Chaim Yosef David Azulai, says, Nogu tzas me'amahadrim l'varach aluva b'anei tzachama b'toch ha-suka l'nanea. So they're ready. It doesn't, I don't know if they're davening. It sounds like they are in their sukkah, sleeping, you know, and getting up and watching Nagel Basar, and here comes the nates, and there they are! And they, the Mitzahadrin do what? Right? L'nanea. Uh, and then Hallel, they'll do another shaking. So the time seems to have been when the time, according to the, these Mahadrim, they would do it early in the morning, before davening, in the sukkah. And then they would do it again. Um, Chido writes in his Sefer, Meirib Etzba, that in the morning, you should re uh, put your luv back together again every morning and make that brach on the sukkah and do the nanuim and then go to shul and do it again. So, hmm. Again, clearly this is the chidoz minag and this is the minag of the medaktikim, of, of, the, of, of, of the mahadran, of how they're supposed to do it. Now, uh, Rebel Yoshev uh, used to no egg like these mahadrin. That was his minik, that he would make the brach on the lulub after Nates, or as Nates was happening, and he would make that in the sukkah in his house. Now, they point out in the footnotes when they describe Rebel Yoshev's minhogim that <laughs> the the answer of the Arach to this question. In other words, really, the minute the Chidah mentions that we know was done by the Mekubalim to do the mitzvah of Lulav in the morning before davening in the sukkah, right, was from Rishmu Vital, but it seemed that there's a remez to it in the Torah itself, where the Torah says the mitzvah is as soon as Nates occurs, but the Iker mitzvah is by Halel. So, Rabbi Chil Michal Epstein, the Rach HaSholchan writes, that the Shulchan Aruch means that if you only have an esrig for one minute, and if you do it in the morning, you won't have it later, that's what he means, the main mitzvah to do it at Shul later. But obviously, he says, if you have, you're going to take your lulav and esrik to shul with you, it's better to make, to make the brach and the sukkah in the morning and, 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 and then do it a second time. So that is the way the Orach HaShulchan explains. He says it's, that's what Iker Mitzvah say means. If you have a choice of one or the other, that's what you should do. But the Orach HaShulchan seems to uh, feel that this would be the right minig as well. This Litvisha non-Kabbalist says the remain mitzvah, and this is what Rebel Yoshev did. Um, the Mishnabura tries to explain this minag of the Ari, which was Rebel Yoshev's minig as well, 
Uh, maybe the reason is that as soon as you wake up, uh, we want to make sure you do the mitzvah. But he says, which he knows is really not enough of, a, of, a, of an answer. After Shual P. Sod, there must be some Sod of doing it in the sukkah, uh, even before davening. Um, now, Rav Moshe Feinstein feels that this minag seems to be halachically problematic. Why? I'll show you. Moshe wrote this tshuva in 1972 um, to um, Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt from Memphis. And I was probably, when um, um, when this tshuva was, Rabbi Ephraim got it, I was getting ready for my fifth year of in Rabbi Greenblatt's class. He didn't show me this tshuva, but I feel some connection to it because it was being sent where to my teacher in my city. And he was my teacher at that time. Um, Rafraim's question had to do with, uh, um, I guess there was a yeshiva minion that they would daven Mariv later. Uh, and Rafraim wanted to know whether, because the yeshiva of the South had developed there, Rafraim wanted to know if that minion uh, could wait, let's say they daven 9 o'clock or 9.30, whether they could also wait to count Omer later. Or should they have to count Sviras Omer earlier? So this tshuva is basically about the halach of todir b'sheinu todir. The question was, do you have a right to, um, uh, Ephraim's question was, maybe they should count count Sphira earlier, even though they're davening Marev later, because Sphira can be done via chidus. And to wait and not count Sphira for three hours, whatever it was, two hours until, you know, from eight to ten, uh, let's say if 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 the sun went down around eight, and they would wait till nine thirty or ten to daven Marv, so there'd be a couple of hours where they weren't able, they didn't count the Omer. Maybe that's a problem. That's what Ramosha was dealing with. Ramosha ends up saying that the same way that they're able to eat supper at home and and not say Kriyashma because they have a minion kavua, they could be Samachon, Ramosha ends up saying that they can actually do the same thing when it comes. Omer, and that there isn't a problem of counting Omer later with that minion. Okay, so that's Rav Moshe's psaq. But in the middle of the psaq, Rav Moshe tries to, Rav Moshe does develop uh, the idea of Tadir Vesheno Tadir and the idea of, of, you know, should you daven before Sphira? And uh, that davening should happen before Sphira no matter what. Even if you, and, and he has a problem with Rav Yaakov Emden, who seems to imply that if you could count Omer exactly when the, the, the night begins, you should count the Omer exactly at that minute. And Ramesha feels, why? Because there's some idea of Tamimus, it's a super Tamimus. That's not really super Tamimus. He says you should you should definitely do Tadir first, and you should have in Marv no matter what. That, that's where Moshe goes into this idea of Tadir. Now, while he's explaining Tadir, he deals with our sugya that we've been talking about, uh, of taking a lulav early in the morning. So let me show you that. Tadir is a din gomor. The idea of Tadir comes from a pasik that if you have two mitzvahs, you have to do the mitzvah that's most uh, constant. He says, Luav noigen harbe megdaktikin levarach kaidem Wow, Tadir kaidem. The Arizal, Rav Shmuvital, the Chida, Rebel Yosha, right? <laughs> right? The Rachashulchan. 
Frank Tormaisha, what about Tadir? You, you, okay, yeah, I have mitzvahs to do. Well, I got Kriya Shema, I've got Shema Nesrei, uh, right? Maybe even Tefillin, if you wear Tefillin, so why, why am I benching a little of an Esrik first? Now, could be, he says, that Mogan Avram says, you know, that the reason why uh, they used to shake the wool of Esrik in the sukkah, because sukkah is very important for the mitzvah, again, this is the Kabbalistic idea that the Sfasemis explains, that there's an idea of doing the nanuim in the sukkah, and if we're going to go after Chazar Sashats and run to a sukkah to do Hallel, it's going to be very hard. Even though there is a sukkah in Shul, it's Tircha de Tzibura. But there's some Mila, Rav Moshe says, that the Mogan Avram refers to, of shaking in the sukkah. And that's a Mila in the mitzvah of Dalad Minim. So, even though we lose Tad there, but at least we have Dalad Minim in the sukkah. So, in other words, it's a Tircha de Tzibura to everyone running out. And of course, they do that in many shoals, uh, where they run it to the sukkah, right? People say, okay, well, the sukkah's right here, let's run to the sukkah and come back. That's Tircha de Tzibura. Oh, the sukkah's down the steps, it's down in the yard. So, we don't want to do that. So, what we do is instead, we bench of an Esrig before we come to Shul, even though that's a problem of Tadir. Because at least this way, we get sukkah, we get the Dalad Minim in the sukkah. Isn't that a great Maya? So he says, the Mishnah says there's idea of Tadir. This Milo that the Shua talks about, maybe it's true, Api Kabbalah, like the Svasamis explains, that this is the ultimate connection between the Schach and the Nani and this puts the Midas into you. But it's not in the Gemara anywhere. It's not in the Mishnah, it's not in any Gemara, it's not in Bab, it's not in your Shalmi. And because of that, you're going to do Luv and Estric first? So Rav Moshe is machadish. Is machadish the following? Even sheyesh milo achayis alu of kol There is a milo of taking a of all day, and that is mentioned in the Gemara in Sukkah. Where is that Gemara mentioned? The Gemara mentions on Sukkah Daf Mem Aleph on the days. The Gemara says that. Uh, that Amemar, uh, Mar Bar Mar Memar, Memar's son, told Ravashi, My father used to daven holding the Lulav and Esrig and the other Minim. So we ask a question on, Ame, on, on, on Amemar. Amemar, who is a chosid and a, an incredible person, throughout Shas, he's always a big machmir. I that says you're not supposed to hold tefillin and say for terabiyodai when you daven. In other words, if you have your tefillin and you, you can't have them on your head and there's a other pair of tefillin that you're holding, you're not supposed to be holding that tefillin with you. You can't have a safer tefillin that you're holding while you're davening. And the reason is because we're afraid that you're thinking about the safer tefillin, you're not having proper kavona. And Shmuel added to that, of course, if you have a knife and you're worried about dropping it and hurting someone, you can't hold your knife or hold money with you because that's taking that staring from your kamana. So how can it be that you're holding a little of an esrik? You don't want the little of an esrik to drop. Little of an esrik is so important, it might drop, it might become bustle. How could you do it while you're davening? So the Gemara answers, one second. It's not a kasha on a Not to hold a knife or even a safer Torah. There's no mitzvah. 
There's no mitzvah to hold the Sefer Torah right now. And therefore, your brain is not where it should be. But when it comes to holding a lul of an esrit, that's a mitzvah. And maybe even a mitzvah that has to, that helps your davening. Maybe it's better to daven holding lul of an esrit. And it's part of the mitzvah of lul of an esrit is that it should go together with davening. And therefore, as much as the fact that you have to concentrate on not dropping it, but you actually you actually swim within that mitzvah, and you actually are able to strengthen yourself when we think it actually, yeah, let's encourage that. And that's why I made my daven that way. On that, the Gemara brings, to sort of back on Meimar up, a brisa from Rebozer Reb Tzodek at the time of the Beis HaMikdosh. This was the minute of Anshi Yerushalayim. Adam Yoytzim Ibeisai. Vulava Biyodai. Hayochu Beis HaKnesses, Vulava Biyodai. Kairi Kriyashma Mispau, Vulava Biyodai. That was the minute of Anshi Yerushalayim. Was to leave your house with the Lulav. To go to Shul. With the lulav. In shul, wherever you're davening, holding your lulav. You're learning Tyra. Okay, that's different. You gotta get, you're getting an aliyah, you're taking the Tyra out. Okay, you're a koyan, then you put the lulav down. But you're going to be mavakar achayla, nebuch, or an avil nebuch. Come in holding your lulav. That was the Anisha Yerushalayim. Now you're coming to learn, Nechmas Lebeis HaMedrish, so what you need to do, look, okay, uh, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to base on Medrash, okay, I got my lulav, uh, whatever that means, but I got to think about my learning. So then send your son home with your lulav or whoever it is. So what was that teaching you? That's how Zoras they were in mitzvahs. So Rav Moshe says, ha, huh, there's this idea of having the lulav with you all the time. Now, if that's true, there's a mile of holding the lulav and having the lulav ready to go to shul with and holding it. You can't just put it in a in a container. That means you have to hold the dawid minim the way you're makayim the mitzvah. You have to hold them not in a, a box, not in an estric box, not in the uh, the, the the plastic uh, container or the rifle the rifle zip up. You have to hold them the way you're Makayim a mitzvah. That's what you're supposed to do. When I go into the chayla, I don't just, hey, he's got his luav on his back. No, according to Rav Moshe, he's he, what the Gemara means is that he actually holds them like he's being Makayim the mitzvah. He's, it's all part of the kiyam, that it isn't just something you do during davening, but your whole day you are, you are holding on for this. And that's why I call this really holding on for Das. Because Das, as you know, uh, uh, people that are listening, that Sukkah's about Laman Yehidu, the Rasecha, Kibisukah Sashafti has been a Yisrael. So the is up there, but what makes it Yediyah, what gives it, what makes it live, what makes it actually concrete within you is the fact that you have the Dawid Minim with you. The Dawid Minim are, uh, are what allows Das to happen and that it really is part of you. And therefore, holding the Lul of an Esrig 
is crucial. It can't just be, I got a lulav here. No, the only way it could work is if the way you have to makayim the mitzvah. The way that the nigla tells us the mitzvah has to be fulfilled, that's the way you have to hold it. And that's the way people would do it. So therefore, Rav Moshe says, if I'm going to be holding it, I'm makayim the mitzvah that way. I got to make a bracha. And therefore, what are you going to say? Oh, go daven first? Clearly, Tadr V'Sheinu, Tadr Moshe says, is only where, hmm, um, I can do this mitzvah, I can do that mitzvah, I'll do this mitzvah first because it has more of a significance because it's done more often. But if by doing the more often mitzvah, it chisels away at the significance of the other mitzvah, the mitzvah that I push off is not being fulfilled as well then Tudor doesn't apply. Even though it's a mile in the mitzvah, no one's going to say you're mechuyiv to hold Lulav and Esrig all day. But it definitely amplifies what Lulav and Esrig is about. It amplifies it. It, it's, it, it, it. it makes it live. It makes it real. It's das. Holding on to das. That's a mile in what Lulav and Esrig is about. So, there, Tudor doesn't apply. Because if Tudor works, you've been mavatel something about Luvan Esrig. What is that? The idea of holding on to it all day and having it with you. Tudor doesn't have the power to do that. And that's the reason why it became this minag to, Ramesha says, to bench Luv and Esrig in the sukkah in the morning. But now the question is, Rav Moshe then says, people don't do it anymore. So, meaning, if you don't hold the Luv and Esrig with you and take it everywhere with you, the two things are dependent one on the other. The whole reason why you don't go to take the Luvan Esrik to Shul and do it in Shul and do it the Din of Tadir is because I want to have the Mila of, I want to leave my house where I go, where I have it, it's always with me, every moment. That's the Minig of Anshi Yerushalayim, who understood al pisod what was really going on. Especially Bisman Shabbat Mikdash Kayim, even then. They understood it. So, that's the reason why they make the Baruch in the morning. But if you don't have this Milo, if you don't have the Milo of the Anshi Yerushalayim, so if they don't have this Milo, what should they do? Then they've got to wait. And they can't make the Bracha in the morning in the Sukkah. And he says, maybe that's what the uh, the tour and the Machaber after it means. Iker mitzvah because today, people don't have this minag anymore of having the Luvan Esrik with them constantly. And therefore, they should do it because of the Din Tadr. That is Rav Moshe's piece that he wrote. And I don't know when it was published, but something tells me that Rebel Yashiv saw this. And therefore, I'm going to show you something that, again, I haven't, I have no proof. But I believe Rebel Yashiv might have been thinking about it. But I know this, that Rebel Yashiv changed his minig. And I'm going to show you what I mean.
1996, I believe, Toshin Nunvov. In 1996, Rabbi Yoshev gave a shir, and he said exactly this chiddush. I didn't quote Rabbi Yosha, but he says the Anshi Rishalayim would have to hold the rule of an esrig exactly how you do the mitzvah. He says you can't have the esrig in a box, you can't have the rule of in a container. Therefore, when you go to shul, when you come back to shul, you have to hold the rule of an esrig as if you're being makayim the mitzvah. That's what he said over in Ashir before uh, before Rosh Hashanah in 1996. A, a couple of weeks later, even though for many years um, he would go to Shul taking the Luluvan Estrig in a, in, a, in, a, in a satchel, whatever it was that he had. Uh, but from that point on, almost to, to the end of his life, for the next you know, close to 20 years, Revel Yoshev changed his minig, and he would go to Shul holding the Dawud Minin Biyodai as if he was in the form of a of person being Makayim the Mitzvah. And in 1996, he was still able to walk well enough. He was uh, 86 years old, but he was able to walk uh, to this base Medrash. And he always had the Dawud Minim in his hand. Um... A year later, um, he needed uh, help. He needed to go into, have a car. But till he got to the car, he would go from his house to the car that came to pick him up. He would leave his house holding the Dawud Minim in his hands, the way you're Makayim the Mitzvah. When he got out of the car and then walked into the shul, he made sure to hold the Dawud Minim exactly in the same way. Um, in fact, when they would bring him uh, on Yontif, when they didn't have a car and they had to bring him because he couldn't walk in a wheelchair, that is the way he held the Luvan Estrig in the wheelchair from Shul and back from Shul. Um, it seems to me that this change might have been Rebel Yoshev seeing this chuva of Ramosha about the Anshu Shalim. Now you're going to ask me one second. Didn't we just say that Ramosha says people aren't don't do this anymore? Well, not exactly. Um, it's true people don't go to visit Chaylam anymore that way. But let me show you what it says in Shulchan Aruch. The Ramah writes that Hamadaktek now. <laughs> And the Ramah says Hamadaktik. The tour actually earlier than the Ramah says. Hamadaktik Bemaisov, Yasek Anshi Yerushalayim. So the tour, writing in the uh, uh, 14th century, wrote that Hamadaktik Bemaisov should leave his house with his lulav and Davin holding his lulav, etc. Hamadaktik Bemaisov. Um. The Ramah changes the word just hamadaktik. The Bach seems to disagree with the Ramah because the Bach writes madaktik b'maisov. Um, he says it sounds like a Maymar was unique. Um, that's what it seems like. And 
Kuliyama lo abdehochi. And therefore, the Torah wrote, Medaktik b'maisov. Misha ain't a medaktik b'shar maisov. If you're not a tzaddik, if you don't, not medaktik, michsi kiyuhura, then it looks like you are pushing. It looks like you don't deserve to do that. Who are you? It's only the medaktikim that have the right to do this. Now, um, that's what the Bach writes. And um, the Knesset Hagadayla, writing after the Bach, Rechaim ben Benishti says, yeah, no one has this meeting anymore to walk around and hold the Luv and Esther during davening and, and hold it in, in, in such a manner. Um, no one does it. However, Rabbi Yaakov um, Etzinger, in the first sefer that he wrote, the famous Arachon there, uh, he event, this, this is his first sefer, Bikuri Yaakov, points out that uh, what we saw about Mirsi Kiyuhura, um, and he says, Quoting the Oyal Rabbah, he says, but we still take it to Shul. Yeah, we don't go Mavakar Cholo with it. We don't carry the whole of an Esther with us during davening. But we still, that much we still do. Going to Shul and back from Shul, we still have that minig of the Anshe Yerushalayim. Um, and therefore, he says, and I try to do this myself, that when you're saying Kaddish after Halil or after the Hoshanas, that's not called Mirsi Kiyuhura to not hold on to your Ruvan to, to hold on to Ruvan In other words, there you should keep it. In other words, you're already the people do that, okay? Now I finished Hoshanas, I put my Ruvan down. No, you're about to say a, a Kaddish. Keep the Ruvan in your hand already. That doesn't look like Yehura. In other words, if maybe if you if you take the Lul of an Esther during Shmon Esther and daven with it, hey, nobody does that. But once you already have it in your hand, keep it in your hand and say the Kaddish with it as well. Another reason is is that it's like a, it's a, what, you're throwing it down. Like what, are you not supposed to, you you just had it in your hand. You're about to say Kaddish, so why aren't you why aren't you hold, just hold to it? And that was the meaning of the Ari and Hashanah Rab as well. Even after they finished, they did the Kaddish. Again, I don't know what they do with the Aravads, etc. You know, do you put the Lulav down and take the Aravads? It's another question. But that was the, this is where we still have a semblance, a sense, a vestige of that Minak. So, yes, Rav Moshe is right that people don't, we're not, they don't have this Hanhoga anymore. Um, to keep the Dalad Minim exactly, but they still have the Minim, what Rabbi Yoshev says, to hold on to it, going to Shul. And therefore, Rebel Yoshev is very consistent in that way, in terms of doing the benching Luvan Esrig in the morning, because he's going to walk to Shul with them, and he's going to walk to Shul with them, holding them like he's Makayim the Mitzvah. And therefore, he's going to make the bracha beforehand. So, that is the uh, the pattern that we have shown here. And it seems to me that Rebbe Yoshev, whose grandfather, of course, was the great Baal Besham, knew exactly what the Kabbalistic um, ramifications were of holding Lulav and Esrik, specifically in the Sukkah. And I think he was inspired by Rebbe Yoshev's Shuvah here. So, yeah, uh, therefore, Rebbe Yoshev's right. And if you're you're holding on to it, you got to hold on to it. Kederach mitzvah, and that's why he changed his minag and held on to it.
uh, going to shul and back the way it happened. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 